Um, did you finish I May Destroy You? No, I almost did last night in preparation for this moment, but instead I fell asleep literally sitting up in my bed. <laughs> must be nice. It must, must be, be nice. nice. Did you hear my voice? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Like that is making it into the episode. Don't you even dare. I'll delete it. You know I will. Welcome back to We Love That. I'm Jerome. And I'm Kenyon. And today, we've just got to take a look around and see what's happening in the world. Look around, look around at how, I wouldn't say lucky, but we certainly are alive right now. I actually would say lucky. Okay. Okay. We'll get it. Here's the episode. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Wow. We're back. Hi. Hey, how are you doing today, Jerome? Um, I'm a little tired, but I'm doing just fine. Wow. I mean, the voice doesn't sound tired at all. She's got oh, the voice is well rested, Diva. Okay. All right. Um, well, as you can hear, my voice is giving you gravel. It's giving you low down, dirty depths. She's a bass. She's Mm -hmm. a bass today. Mm. I'm all about that bass. Lower and higher than you. But particularly lower. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add? That's just about it. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been We Love That. Wow. Kenyon, I think that you say we love that, and I say we love that. Would you say this is true? I mean, I think, first of all, that that you're actually you're reshuffling the show order, and that is the respect the binary of the day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. We'll come back to that later. Um Kenyon, it's September. Mm-mm, mm, mm, mm. You cannot deny it. No. You can't deny I try, the month that it is. But I September. can't deny that it's September. Um, <laughs> and that means that fall is is upon us. Well, it's coming. Us. Yeah. I woke up. Do you remember? You might not have felt this as a California child. But maybe you felt this in uh, in college. But remember, like, the be- it's, like, first day of school, and you have gotten up early for the first time in forever. For the first time in forever. Um, and you're in your first period class, so you're a half asleep, but it also is, like, the AC is on, but it's, like, not warm enough outside for the AC to be on like it is. And so you're, like, cold, and you're in class, and you're in your first period, and you're half asleep, but, like, you're shivering. <laughs> You know I want I mean? to I want to kind of fervently say that I have no idea what you're talking about, but that actually wouldn't be the case. You know exactly what I mean. Yes, because it, tr- it truly would be like AC blasting, but it's like... <laughs> it's like 8.07. <laughs> and it's actually just not it's, not... it's not the time for that. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. I, um, I always never knew if that was just because of the AC or because that I was still actually supposed to be sleeping no very that it also is a like it also is a like um <laughs> when are you okay you're wearing your like first day of school clothes well see this actually wouldn't really happen to me on the first day of school because on the first day of school i'm wearing everything <laughs> like i've got on <laughs> pants i've got on a button down i've got on a sweater and i've got on a coat with like a hat and a scarf where's the tank top not for me. Okay. <laughs> and I also really would be like that the whole first week because if you're smart, everybody's showing up on the first day. No one's showing up on day three. And so if you show out on day three, that means that you've really got it on them. Anyway, so it's like the second Monday back to school. That's what I mean. And you're like, I'm cold <laughs> because I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> well, see, I never wore shorts to school after I... On the first day of school, in the first grade, wore shorts and <laughs> fell down and skinned my knee. And oh at that God. moment, I said, never again. <laughs> and, ha- <laughs> and literally through Have the 12th grade, literally until I got to college, never wore shorts again. 
That's because you cool. thought you would fall and scrape your knee again? Not, I mean, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, surely <laughs> I couldn't be thinking that in high school. But it was just, it just became habit. It just became like, no, she's a pants gal. Oh, she's a pants girl. Yeah. Pants on the runway. Thank you. Um, have you, when was the last time you like scraped your knee? <laughs> it was that time in first grade. <laughs> Well, because the extremely few times that I have scraped my knee since turning eight, it's like, oh, my God, my body can be in so much (laughs) distress. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like when you're a kid, it's like you're running around, you're scraping your knee, you're banging things, you've got cuts and band-aids, whatever. But then as soon as you're not a child, it's like I cannot suffer any wounds or that'll just be the end of me. Well, I mean, because the emotional wounds start Coming as we get older. Kenyon, you couldn't be more right. You couldn't be more right. You've never been more right about anything (laughs) ever before. Oh, no. Not me knowing Um, emotional woundedness. (laughs) What did I say to you that one time that you like? (laughs) I think I wrote it down because it was absurd. Kenyon, you personify despondence better than anyone I know. What am I supposed to do with that? Um, harness that power of emotional uh, to to telegraphy. No, 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 no. I'm not just harnessing. You said I personify. <laughs> You said that I am despondence. Do we think telegraphy is a word? Oh, absolutely. Telegraphy is like telegraphic calligraphy. <laughs> and there you have it. I don't think that makes it a word. <laughs> no, no, no. Portmanteau. <laughs> no, no, no. Stick to the stuff you know. <laughs> Stick to the status quo. <laughs> um, Kenyon, it is September and... So here's a little peek behind the curtain to all of the our dear listenership is that typically we record on like a Monday and then we release episode on Thursday. Um, But Kenyon has just been jet setting, uh, taking care of the things that he needed to take care of. And so our last episode, we recorded like a week in advance, which means that we actually have not recorded in a very long time. Um... It actually is Wednesday. This episode is coming out tomorrow or today or in the past, depending on when you're listening to it. Um, Ooh, time. And girl, you know how we feel about time. We absolutely stand time in this house. (laughs) Me and my family, we love time. (laughs) We love time. (laughs) Um, But it's a combination of, of we haven't recorded one of these in almost two entire weeks and um it is like going to be one of our most up-to-date episodes of all time because we are we are really just catching up i mean so much has actually happened in (laughs) the one and a half two weeks that we have not been you know here here on the cast together um so we thought we'd do a little catch-up episode um, and make it an extended moment for the world because it's things are happening. You know we love that. We know we just love to have a long moment for the world. Um, <laughs> we've gathered some topics, uh, and <laughs> are you laughing at me. We've gathered some topics. Well, one more time. Say it one more time. We've gathered some topics. I'm literally delirious. <laughs> we've gathered some topics. And I we've put them on this little spinner wheel, and I'm going to spin the little wheel, and it's going to tell us what we're going to talk about. Kenyon, are you ready? As I'll ever be. Well, let's fucking go. Kenyon, our first top ick is... Mm, it's a sad place to start. It's about Chadwick. Mm. Mm. You famously submitted this to our wheel. Yes. And my question is, like, what do we think of how people are grieving on social media these days? 
um, maybe with respect to Chadwick Boseman. Um, and I mean, wow. Just because, I mean, we can't be, you know, people can't be together right now. And so I've known friends who are doing, you know, Zoom memorial services. And um, I don't know, like social media becomes like a, a more important place, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Now that in-person gathering isn't together. Um, and then also in the case of this most kind of recent national loss um, and cultural loss of, of Chadwick Boseman, people are just like, people just have so many expressions of, of that grief. And I'm wondering if you have any thoughts. Yeah, that actually is making me think about, I think our second episode, which was about social media and about like, uh, like thinking about social media as like physical space or like communal space, even though it kind of is not, um, but it kind of is. Uh, I was seeing a post going around earlier this week that basically was saying like, it is okay to mourn people that you've never met. It is okay to like, to suffer a loss of someone that like was not that you did not know personally, but like meant a lot to you personally. Um, And I actually think that social media is like a great place to do that. Um, because similarly to just the night that it happened, I think that was like Friday night. Um, being on Twitter, not that Twitter is ever really the place that I want to be, but like being on Twitter and being able to like hear what so many people thought about his work or what he meant to them, um, being able to like see how many people like posted something or or expressed that like he meant a lot to them. Um is almost like, you know, a a grand public eulogizing of mm. a figure, which I think is actually really lovely. It is, it's awful that so much of what feels like is tying us together in this time is tragedy and is grief. I mean, we are past 180,000 people who have died of coronavirus. Um, I read somewhere that one in 30 people in Arizona have it which means that like everyone knows someone who has it. Um, Oh my gosh. And uh, that obviously is horrible. Those are horrible circumstances. It's horrible to be coming together to grieve. Um, But it also is reassuring in that it does not feel like you are alone in grieving this person, especially when it can feel like, you know, Oh, this is like not someone that I knew or like, I just, you know, really liked a character they played or whatever. Um, it is, it can be, it's easy to be cynical and be like, why do I care? (laughs) Or like, I shouldn't care. I don't have the right to like be really upset about this, but like seeing that so many people are upset about it, it does feel it it feels reassuring in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, okay, well, that was a... That has me all inside of my feelings as a place to start out, but I hope this next question will lift me and you know. and somebody somewhere. Next up on the wheel, well, this just... This just is the, the next place to go. Um, this also submitted by you, the question is... Uh, it's about the pandemic that we're in. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> oh, no. Um, well, I mean, the question is, is the pandemic over? Like, not like, not like is coronavirus <laughs> wiped off the face of the earth, because clearly that is not the case. But are people, have we lost whatever group strength and and momentum that we had? Are people fatigued? Is just is this just the new, the now, the next, and the, the normal? To that, I only have one answer, which is, which is just because it's over doesn't mean it's really over. <laughs> and if I think it over, maybe you'll be coming over again. No, no. Um, this is not a space for Katy Perry. Everywhere has to be a space for Katy Perry. Oh my God, I have to take a break because I this isn't on the list, but she had her baby 
of of which the father is Orlando Bloom, and the name of the child is Daisy Dove Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> Which my friend described as exactly what she would name her child if she were in the seventh grade. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to have to give a shout out to all my fellow Katie cats. Woo! Katy Perry stan. Katy Perry nation. Um, Is the pandemic over? The answer is no. But here's the thing. Um, Just so that I don't say too many positive things about social media, the internet has fried our friggin' attention spans mm. culturally. So it's like everyone's tired of being inside. And it's like, I get that. I also am tired of being inside. However, like, we're not doing this because it's fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm I sick mean, of that. I hear it. I hear it. I'm just thinking of like, you know, it's back to school time. It's like a whole new rhythm will have to be found as we enter September. Um, as we enter a new season, the fall, um, mm. as, you know, like new, just, it just feels like if if we're not careful, people are already out here running around maskless talking about some, you know, the coronavirus is not going to get me or whatever. I don't even know what people think or, or do or say. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems that the, the strategy of the Trump administration is like straight up herd immunity. Like everybody's gonna get it, and if you die, you die. But like, fuck it. Like we're <laughs> we've thrown in the towel, which is like, don't do that, please. And also, that's just to be clear. That's actually not a strategy. That's actually the lack of a strategy. You're exactly right. <laughs> it's the absence of strategy. That's referring to the epidemiological progression of things. If we do nothing. Right. Um, And I don't like that. Let's just say that. Um, I just will say that, like, we actually do get to control ourselves. (laughs) The degree to which that fell on my ears as if it was radical, as if it was, like, (laughs) never before seen, never before heard. And then I thought about it, and then I was like, actually, actually, no, that's like growing up 101. Actually, I'm in control of my own body. (laughs) Yeah, like, you can do what you think is right. Um, And so you can wear a mask and you can stay inside and you can do your part. And I mean, also maybe getting away from the instant, the attention draining Mm. social medias, Netflixes, the like things that just make the time feel like it's forever. And it's like, I need a new hobby. That's like going to take me a long time. Like I'm going to make a tapestry or something, you know, girl, It is so interesting that you bring this up because I literally have been thinking about this. I literally have been trying to solve this problem for myself. I've gotten to the point where I need to be doing like three things at once. As in, I have to be looking at something, I have to be listening to something, and I have to be doing something with my hands. Like my idle time is like I have three (laughs) senses that I need to take care of. Um, And so it used to be like, like I'm watching a movie and like doing Sudokus on my phone or like... I'm listening to a podcast and doing Sudokus on my phone. I was doing a lot of Sudokus. Uh, (laughs) And my screen time on my phone was like literally like 10 hours a day, like nine and a half hours a day, Um, which is entirely too much. But I have recently picked up knitting. (laughs) And so I've been knitting, which has been bringing down my phone screen time. I still am doing it while I'm like watching a movie or like, listening to a podcast, but I think I'm going to start reading. (laughs) (laughs) Again, that fell onto my ears as if it was radical, (laughs) as if it was (laughs) absolutely new. I've actually never heard of reading. Oh, wait, that's a classic pastime. (laughs) America's classic pastime, (laughs) reading. (laughs) Um, but oh, reading is tough because it doesn't involve your hands and it does not, for me, involve my ears. I read with my eyes. Um, so it'll be tough. I'm like trying to work my way up there. Here it's it. like I'm working my way out of multitasking. Like instead of like gaining, gaining the skill of being able to do multiple things at once, I'm gaining the skill of being able to do one thing at once. Mm, devotion. Give me channeled focus energy. 
I, I'm giving you the worst attention span in the world. Okay, I tried to spin it positively for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, next up on our list. Um, next up on our list is Tyler Perry. Okay. But this Tyler was Perry, your question. It is. Um, Tyler Perry, uh, Forbes has just announced that Tyler Perry is our newest self-made billionaire. Um, and I wanted to bring this up for a couple of reasons. First of all, self-made billionaire is the dumbest term I have ever heard of. That is absolutely ridiculous. Self-made billionaire, one does not make a billion dollars on their own. That just isn't how it goes. <laughs> it, it is an oxymoron. It's literally awful. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> And even, you know, he writes all of the stuff himself with no help, and he often says that as though he is proud of it, and I say it as something that he should probably be a little embarrassed about. <laughs> but um, I mean it he writes all this stuff, he produces it, he directs it, he stars in much of it, work. He is not the only person who works on his project, so the degree to which he is a self-made billionaire is like, that just isn't, the story doesn't check out. Right. I mean, he has a whole production company a production with other company, people in it. Right. Plus, like, other people have to act in these things. Like, I just don't understand, like, self-made billionaire. That just doesn't make any sense. Like, I guess he didn't, like... You know, and I also don't mean to, like, purely shit on him. Like, he clearly has done accomplished a lot. Good for him. Like go off we can talk about <laughs> that in a second but um you know he has experienced homelessness um he certainly like has come up with a lot of ideas and created a lot of media spearheaded a lot of media that a lot of people really enjoy and like i don't mean to take that away at all um i guess all i'm saying is that billionaires shouldn't exist <laughs> or at least if they're going to exist like the idea of calling them self-made is like not good. <laughs> I'm with you there. I mean, I, it just doesn't seem well. It doesn't seem like it's factual. Like, like you just said, like there are other people in on making those movies. Yeah. So that's just not real. But it also like doesn't help. It just like I feel like it obscures like the best parts of the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, I, like, I don't want anyone to, like, be out here telling my story being, like, and he was all alone. And now yeah. he's himself. It's like, that's not, that's, what about all the pe other people? Like, all the relationships. Like, those are the best parts of, of, I feel like, of a life and a, of a story. And so, like, to say self-made billionaire just, like, takes away all the good parts. <laughs> I totally agree. It's... It's, yeah, it takes away literally all the good parts. And, like, it takes away the parts that, like, actually, I mean, not just, like, the enjoyable parts of, like, making stuff and, like, working on stuff with other people, but also, like, I mean, I enjoy watching Tyler Perry movies for, like, or Tyler Perry content or whatever, for, like, the performances by people who are primarily not Tyler Perry, you know what I mean? T. Like... And so to say that he should receive all of the credit or be lauded as this person who did it all on his own is just false. Right. <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't make sense. Um, now, Tyler Perry, on the other hand, is that a can of worms that you'd like to open up? Ooh, I mean, I, uh, ooh, ah. <laughs> ooh, ah. Ooh, ah. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> it, he is, he's troubling. He troubles me. <laughs> I'm troubled by him and his work. It, it, I don't know if it's good. Let me, work. let me say that again. Some of the things that I have seen of his are bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want that to, I it this is so hard critiquing 
Black artists and Black creators as another Black person feels like I'm wading into, like, treacherous territory. And I I resent that feeling. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, I don't want to be out here tearing down, you know, this Black self-made billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, that's not what I'm here to do. But it certainly sounds like that's exactly what I'm doing by saying that right. he's not self-made and that I actually don't like his work. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like I, I want to be able to to critique Tyler Perry just like I critique everybody else. I want to be able to engage right. on the same level. Um, and I mean, I I credit him for like really employing people of color. And you better work, Tyler, for that. Yeah. Absolutely. But even that, I like, and not to say that he hasn't, because certainly he has employed a lot of black people, a lot of people of color. Um, but even when he's like, oh, I write all these scripts myself. There was this moment earlier this year where he was like, you know, people want to come for me. I write all my stuff myself. Like, I'm always the only writer or whatever. I'm like, that's not cool. <laughs> like, it's not cool to, <laughs> like, I would actually think more of you if you worked with, more writers and more directors, etc. Um, so, yeah, that on top of like the recurring theme of Tyler Perry's work being that like a black woman has to suffer a lot of like abuse and Ooh. pain and hardship in order to like learn that she is worthy. It's like a very if I could pick work to be a cultural cornerstone, I don't think it would be his. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and that's the that on that. Next question. That on <laughs> next. <laughs> next up. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, next up is another from you. It's about, honestly, speaking of black people and speaking of critiquing black people, it's about black people at the RNC. Oh. <laughs> Why did I think I put up so many questions that were sad? Maybe yeah, I really am did. actually a personification of despondence. And I'm going to let you sit with that one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this was my question. <laughs> no, can't sit with that for too long. Um, like, I did not watch most of the RNC. Watched little highlights. Wanted to watch the last night, but I just couldn't get, I just couldn't. It just was so, the alternate reality was too strong with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also, I think I I did watch Trump and Pence's speeches in 2016. Um, I wasn't watching another Pence speech because Lord knows there is anything else I could be doing with my time other than watching that fucking hall of presidents as reject <laughs> but um i was like oh maybe i'll watch trump's and then i didn't and then the next day they were like he spoke for like an hour and 15 minutes and i said i make absolutely excellent decisions <laughs> like i'm really good at making decisions work i didn't mean what were the decisions of the black people that came to speak at the RNC. This is the question. Like, how did this that really happen? This really is the question. Um, what I did watch, I watched the first night. I tuned in right as Kim Guilfoyle was, like, at the apex of her drug-induced <laughs> mania. Um, <laughs> but I saw Nikki Haley and I saw Tim Scott. Um, yeah, I don't know what to do with the black people at the RNC. Because, you know, you kind of want to be, like... I mean, we talked about this two weeks ago, but, like, I don't feel great about white people critiquing black people and saying that black people are anti-black, particularly around people who are, like, actually trying to, you know, do something for others. Right. Um, I don't know if I can say that about Tim Scott. (laughs) I don't know if Tim Scott is really serving me, you know, doing for others. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know what it is. I guess it's just selfishness. Like, that's what... If I had to go off on 
the Republican Party, it's like y'all are selfish. Like you really have created a an in and an out of the people you care about and the people you don't care about. And it just is genuinely sad to me to see people who would rather like, you know, climb a ladder or or get more power in a political system by shutting out other people. And I'm not saying that the Democratic Party, I said this two weeks ago, I'm not saying the Democratic Party doesn't do this, but like the Democratic Party at least like pretends to, you know, put up a big tent, whereas the Republican Party just does not. In fact, there was a clip from, I'm stealing this from someone, from some podcast I listened to in the last week, but there's a clip of Pence's speech when he says that like something about like we as Americans need to do better for our black brothers and sisters, which explicitly puts, he didn't say black. He said African-American because <laughs> white people can't say black. <laughs> um, I wish they would. Um, but it explicitly like puts we Americans diametrically opposed to African-Americans, which is like, work <laughs> which is why i'm like tim scott you're an absolute fool <laughs> like they don't care about you they're using you you are foolish <laughs> i mean the word i used was alternate reality and i think that actually might come the closest to explaining like how do black people right. end up speaking at the rnc i mean because you're living in a dream world i guess <laughs> like mm-hmm. the simulation is fully on for you and and you've bought in because it really is, that really is just a different take on reality. The, the take that says that actually we over here in this party are real Americans, are human beings, and no one else matters. It's like, well, that's just not true. Like, there are other people. So yeah, you're just, just like constructing a new, <laughs> like, <laughs> you're just kind of just changing just the, the nature of things. That's it. Girl, alternative facts. <laughs> Like, that's literally, it's been that since day one. I also will say that, like, you look at, like, the black people who have been involved, I guess. I don't know. Um, Even just with, like, you look at, like, Omarosa and Stacey Dash and even, like, Candace Owens and... And honestly, Herman Cain, it's like they, these are not people who like stick around for a long time. I'm not trying to like make a joke about Herman Cain dying, but like literally they don't care about like, like the Republican Party does not have black people in it because they like actually care about black people. Like they want people there because it now looks bad if you don't have any black people. And they're only just barely doing something about it. But it's like, as soon as they have, as soon as you have served that purpose, as soon as you have like checked that little box for them, like they don't genuinely care about you, which is perfectly exemplified by Herman Cain's death because it's like, not to say that he didn't have any, you know, personal agency in it. Of course he did. I'm not here to defend Herman Cain, but it is like, you know, they literally used him and now he is dead because they like have not put policies in place to actually protect people in this country. Um, and I just, and we saw it happen with Omarosa. Omarosa now is nowhere to be seen after she looked like a damn fool out here for Donald Trump. We saw the same thing with Stacey Dash. Um, and I'm sure that we will see the same thing with Tim Scott in the future. It just like, I don't know why they think that it would be different now than it has been in the past. It, we've just seen it happen time and time again. And I mean, I'm going to make, I think, maybe a similar comment to what I made about Tyler Perry. It, it like I'm not I'm not trying to say that you know black people can't have different political opinions that all black people must be Democrats or that they're or they're not black or you know that black people are a monolith in this country because you know we aren't and like people can have differing views and different perspectives. Now, is the current Republican Party just uh, a different political? view or is it actually something a lot more sinister that's a topic for another time um but i mean i want just to give you a preview of that topic sorry just to give you a preview the answer is is yes it is more sinister (laughs) but please go on oh thank you for the trailer um i mean but i want i want to critique black people like i critique everyone else like i want everything to be still on the table um yeah 
And and how did you speak at the RNC? Yeah. Anywho. God. Okay, spin the wheel. Next question. Spinning the wheel. We've got three topics left, and I submitted all of them, Diva. Wow. Um, First up, okay, the name on everybody's lips. It's BTS. (laughs) And my question is, I don't mean this to sound, I this is with all due respect. My question is, should I care about BTS? Wow, 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 wow. I mean, off the bat, <laughs> off the bat, I whisper, wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yes. I mean, it's a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, not like, should I care about them as human beings? Right. But I think I, I hear what you mean. But I also think it kind of, it kind of lets us into the the American cultural very that like exceptionalism that that we just live inside of. I mean, I think that they are really important to to keep track of. Um, well, oh, sorry for for anyone who possibly does not know who BTS oh is. Oh my gosh, um, does BTS stand for anything? No, Do you know? Does it not? It does. Or you don't know? Uh, it doesn't. Y- I feel like BTS. I looked this up a long time ago, and then and I was like, no, it doesn't. Now you're making me second guess something that I know. Um, it doesn't. Work. I'm locking it I, in. My final answer is it doesn't stand for anything, and Tommy will fact check me, and I could be wrong. Go off. Um, so uh, there are a K-pop boy band. There are seven members. Um they are international superstars kind of except in America and not that they aren't famous in America. They just aren't like in, you know, mainstream American culture and particularly in like American award show culture. Like they are not, they have not historically been rewarded as much as like other, I mean, American artists or even other international groups like, you know, One Direction or the Spice Girls. Um, But they, you know, have been out here. They have uh, this huge international following. Um, K-pop in general has like a huge international following that kind of just has, has not... Um, not to say that it isn't here in the U.S. It just isn't mainstream in the U.S. There are tons of people who love K-pop in the U.S. Um, BTS is kind of like the the biggest one, I would say. I really am not the expert. Uh, they recently released their first single that is entirely in English um, called Dynamite. And the video got like 100 million views in 24 hours. They broke that record, the YouTube record or like most views on a video in short amount, shortest amount of time, et cetera. Um, um, yeah, my question kind of is like, I don't know. I kind of have always done the typical American thing of like, uh, I just haven't like considered it something that I should keep up with. But like, now I want you to tell me that that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually that's actually racist. Thank you. Um, and I mean, it makes, it makes sense because this is America (laughs) and we are who we are. And also this is a hard market to break into. Like, Mm -hmm. like, like just, we historically don't have a lot of international anythings coming to play big, you know, thinking about movies, thinking about other TV shows, whereas, you know, the TVs, movies, music, just celebrity culture of America somehow gets exported and implanted into the the screens and the lives of everybody else all around the globe. Um, and I say somehow, and I actually mean through methods of that are culturally imperialistic. <laughs> That's right. How. And I mean, speaking of imperialism, a big piece of it is the language, right? Like, yes, the, it is that it is not. I mean, this is their first single that is entirely in English. It opened at literally number one. I mean, <laughs> on they are Billboard. they're the first all South Korean act to ever top the Hot 100. Yeah. And the fact that um, it took an all English single, like you're saying, 
um, to do that is when they've been truly famous for years and years and like talented, they're good singers. They can dance. They dress well. They're production value off the charts. Yeah. I mean, I think yes, they they're so we should care about them because, because they're relevant to the entire world. Um, but I think we we should also care about them because maybe there's a shift happening, crossing our fingers. Um, maybe we we can shift the balance of cultural power, um, and or we are shifting that maybe. Um, and maybe this is maybe this is a sign of that. Um, I like I want I want it, I want more culture from more places in the world to be a part of my daily life. Um, cause I feel like that's, that's important to getting to know yeah. who we share the planet with. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And I do, you know, they obviously are not the only K-pop group. Um, there are many others. I know in particular, like Blackpink this summer alone has had music with Lady Gaga and Selena Gomez and Dua Lipa, um, so they're just another group that's like really on my radar. Um, but here, okay, here's my other thing about the K-pop of it all. And again, I'm no expert to, um, experta. just in my little observ, <laughs> experta, which, so it's just my little observation. But when I listen to, um, K-pop music, I'm kind of like, this is just hip hop. Okay. I think we, did we talk about this already a little bit? It's possible. I mean, definitely, we are, we, I think we are in the later stages of things, as in time keeps moving forward. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You're right. And You're right. so, like, I would agree. It should come to no surprise that, like, you know, as America ships its, its culture everywhere around the world, and then people mm-hmm. listen to that, internalize that, and then years pass, and they start making things that are reflections of those. Mm-hmm. Of those cultural values, those cultural genres. Sports. Um, and so, yes, absolutely. I think there's a, I mean, there's a big, ref, I think there's a, it's a reflection going on. And I think actually there's a lot of, like, culturally, I think mean, there's a lot of things to learn from that. Like, when we see it, what people reflect back at us of who we are. And then it's like, did it, did, like, yeah. am I, I, do I co-sign that? Like, not, now that I can right. see it you know, translated and retranslated, um, a la let it go, give up. You cannot do it back in. <laughs> <laughs> Work. Work. Google Translator fails. Work my good Judy Melinda Reese. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, after that, the double translation, it's like, mm, what's actually coming through? And... Okay, that's interesting because it's the way that you just described it is hitting me as like um the way you just described it is hitting me as like they they have seen what America has exported as its culture and they have picked as the best part or the part that they want to to replicate black culture to which I say you're right. <laughs> Um, but I also think there's so, I don't know, there's some, and I, again, I really am just shooting from the hip. I, I would love, I would truly love to talk about this with someone who knows more about it than I do. Same. Um, but I wonder, there is something about me that's kind of like, why is this music that like was started by black people in America and in the black diaspora, um, like now becoming so globally famous by these like Korean groups of young people who are not black. Um, and I'm not saying that like, I'm not trying to cancel BTS, <laughs> but it is, I think that that has kind of been an underlying part of it is like, I already listen to music like this, <laughs> which I guess again is like reflecting some uh, like xenophobia in me um, and some xenophobia in our American 
tastes because like by that same logic, you could say, okay, well, all these little radio stations that I listen to or whatever that like play all this hip hop music, like, why aren't you also playing BTS? Cause like it, it do be sounding the same. Um, but I do think like I was listening to this black pink, um, Selena Gomez song and it, just hearing Blackpink deliver some of the lyrics in the song, it is kind of, it does kind of feel like a black scent. We know that that's not something that Selena Gomez is a stranger to. <laughs> um, it's kind of reminding me of like the Aquafina discussions, not to say that all Asian people are the same, um, but I, it is like, uh, you know, what do we do with this? Is there a black scent going on here? That's my question. Um, and I would love to talk about it with someone who knows more right. about it than I do. Cause I'm really just saying things. Right, right, right. Maybe that's a full, maybe that's a full topic that we'll dive into. Yeah. Another time. Maybe we'll get back to you on that. Okay. There are two things left. There are two things left. Um, I'm going to end with the lovely, fun, nice one, yes. which means that the, the penultimate one is not lovely, nice or fun. Um, and it has to do with what's been happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, honestly, it also has to do with what happened in Portland over the weekend. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is a 17 year old who drove across state lines to a black lives matter rally in Wisconsin and shot and killed two people. Um, which obviously is egregious and more than enough words have been said about that. Um, this is in response to the shooting of Jacob Blake by the Kenosha police. Um, I will also say that more than enough words have been said about that. Kind of like just to pause there before I get to the real thing that I wanted to go off. About. <laughs> um, I mean, people will be like people even last week were like, oh, my God, Jerome, this like it must be such a hard week. Like, how are you doing? How are you hanging in there? And not to say that I don't. It is absolutely not to say that I don't care. I really am like hoping and wishing and praying and holding Jacob Blake and his family in the light. I think that obviously what happened to him is abysmal. It is egregious. It just is so like, this happens all the time. And so I, I cannot bring myself to be newly outraged every time that it happens. I just am always outraged. <laughs> like I just constantly live with a base level of outrage because this is the way that things are, because this happens often enough that like, I don't know, like even like after the summer that we've had to still see people be like, I can't believe this is still happening. It's like, yeah, because we haven't actually like, and yes, there's been a lot of protests about it this summer, but like, People have been protesting about this forever. <laughs> so it, I just am kind of over the like naivete, the like, oh my God, how I'm horrified and outraged and like I'm sh the shock. It's like, it's not shocking anymore. It just, this is the way that things are in this country. Like that just is the way that things are. I don't know. How do you feel about when it, we learn of a new tragedy like this? It's new every time. Um, and I'm kind of grateful for, for that as in my reaction is new every time. And sometimes it truly mm -hmm. is right there with the, like another again, mm -hmm. I'm going to take it in stride as much as I can and try to keep my sanity as I, as I move. Um, and sometimes it's like, actually peace, everyone. I'm going, I'm going to be in my bed for the rest of the day. Um, yeah, but I really, I really resonate with that, like the like the baseline, the underlying like outrage, confusion, anger that like like can just like I don't <laughs> you I don't have to look for it. it, like it's there. Like yeah, if you want, if you take a peek inside, like it's like oh okay yeah, there it is. Um, and I feel like that that doesn't get talked about enough or i don't know if just in my interactions with with people from all all parts of the world black people and non-black people like just like an acknowledgement that like maybe 
I'm angry, like, all the time. Yeah. And the, how that, like, how much that must, how much that does impact just the day-to-day, the everyday of things. Um, when people want, you know, Black people to be, insert anything, grateful, to be entertaining, to be <laughs> exceptional, to be et cetera. Resilient. Exactly. Um and it's like, yeah, I want me to be those things too. And also, this is how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, ugh, it just is like, it just always is there. Yeah. And like to be shocked or to be, I don't know. I like, <laughs> I, um, like, I do not see a, police car and not feel fearful right um and i am someone who lives with a lot of privilege in this world as a cis person as a person who has a lot of class privilege as a cis man i you know am protected by some of those things um and even still like there was a Earlier at the beginning, almost like a year ago, I had just moved up to New Hampshire and I was driving somewhere pretty late at night. It was like around midnight. And I had like, I thought that I was, <laughs> this story is kind of funny because I thought that I was on the highway. I was not on the highway. I was driving like I was on the highway, <laughs> but the speed limit was not a highway speed limit. Okay. Um, and so I was going quite fast uh, <laughs> and I got pulled over and I was pulled over in like the middle of nowhere. I had just moved to this town in Exeter, like a, I had just moved to this town, Exeter in New Hampshire, like a week before it's like, there are no houses around. It's pitch black outside. It's like midnight that like, I'm like sitting in my car, like trying to set up my phone to like record what's going to happen because I don't know what's going to happen. Right. And it's not just in those like, that's obviously like an extreme case and nothing happened. God bless. I am happy of that. Um, but even like driving down the street in broad daylight, seeing a police car is like, I don't want to see it. Like I, it makes me angry. It makes me fearful. I hate it. Um, and that just always is there. Like that just always, that is a part of how I walk around and experience the world. Anyway, I bring this up to say that, Obviously, there were, there's been a lot of egregious responses and defenses of this shooter who went and killed two people um, and then, like, was, like, treated in the way that he was treated by the police, treated so preferentially, etc. Um, but Ann Coulter tweeted, and I think she has deleted the tweet. I can't not find the tweet. I've looked for it a little bit. Um, she tweeted something about him saying like, that's my president or like, I want him to be my president. I want him as my president. And I just, you know, I don't know exactly who is listening to this podcast. We, Kenny and I talk a lot about like what our audience is and like who we're talking to. And like, you know, when we put out calls to action or when we say whatever that like we, like should be realistic about like who actually is listening to us and who we actually have access to. But like, I just really want you to like, think about that. The fact that this child went to a city in a state that he does not live in um, and said, I'm going to take it upon myself to do violence upon people who are out here protesting um, and killed two people. And Ann Coulter saw that and said, I, I want him to be my president. Like, this is what we should be aspiring to be. Like, this is what I want to lift up. Like, really, like, sit and, and think about that for, like, 10 seconds. And if you do not feel, like, the immense outrage that I feel all the time, if you do not then feel, like, compelled to be doing something about it, like, I don't know what to say to you. Because that is absolutely outrageous. I cannot even be, like, I can't begin to express how outrageous that is. And it's outrage. It's outrage and it's not a surprise. Mm-hmm. 
It is not shock. It is not, uh, it's not surprise. It is, uh, it's like the state of things makes me infuriated constantly at all times. And it's like, yeah, we, like, we know who Ann Coulter is. Like, she, she has said in her career, all kinds of zany things to, <laughs> to, to <laughs> yeah, to be generous about it. Um, and so I'm not surprised that she said it. And I'm, I'm not surprised that the, the equation is so, <laughs> is so transparent. It's like, murderer president be the same person yeah. like i'm not surprised about any of it but like or the, the, you even go for it sorry even just to like you know people are people on the right people all over the place trying to like distance him from from donald trump or from donald trump's rhetoric or whatever even though he has been to all these trump rallies even though etc cetera, etc cetera. she drew the line she said this person <laughs> Is the person who I want to be president. Like the person, the things that this person does is what I'm looking for when I am voting for president. Like she drew the line. I have no more. Um, I have to pull us out of this whole, this absolute pit of despair. Mm. <laughs> and so the last thing on my list is Miss Nisi Nash. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, for those who don't know, Nisi Nash is the diva. <laughs> Nisi Nash is an absolute queen. Um, you better get after that. An a- <laughs> queen. Queen. Um, queen. I'm scared. And she, <laughs> she's an actress. She's a comedian. Um, she is a star um and she got married this week to a woman um to a woman a musician named jessica betts um no it was not public knowledge that nisi nash was queer um and it just is fierce and it is just so good (laughs) like talk about something that's going to brighten your day I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, joy, (laughs) (laughs) like true joy. This brought me like joy as in joy to the world from Whitney Houston's a preacher's wife arranged by Mervyn Warren. Like, thank you. (laughs) That type of joy. Okay. And if you don't know that one, then you're missing out on like, I think the best, one of the best Christmas songs ever. Perhaps the most joy. (laughs) Accessible to anyone. Um, yeah, I mean, this f- firmly cements Nisi Nash as a cornerstone of culture. Um, and she is an absolute queen and we live for her. <laughs> and we're so glad that she's married <laughs> to a woman. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, I mean, I've got to hold on to those things. You know, yeah. in light of what we just previously talked about, like, I like these, I've got to celebrate that. Like, that's amazing. Absolute congratulations. I, I love, I truly do love that. I'm just smiling. Like, that brings <laughs> a smile to my face. And that's what is deserved. <laughs> work, work. Um, Kenyon. We've got to wrap it up with with a bit of a uh, respect the binary. It was gone. Now it's back. Mm-hmm. Well, you already hit us with something, didn't you? Oh, yeah. What was I talking about? Is it we love that or we love that? Okay, yeah. I'm firmly we love that. Because the emphasis goes on the verb. I feel like... That's how, like, English works. English is about the action. I'm over here like, we love that. We love that. We love that. We love that. I don't even know. I can't. But I think I am a that. I'm a that person. I'm a, I'm a that girl. Yeah, you're a that girl. <laughs> um, because you're that girl by Stevie Wonder. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> I told you. 
Um, because, because the, like it's the catchphrase of it of it all becomes the that becomes the new thing. So it's like somebody says something. I was like, oh, we love that. Oh, we love that. Okay. You okay. Know, like, okay. I think that. <laughs> I think that. Uh, as I would colloquially use this phrase, um, the thing that gets switched out is the love. As in, like, something can be happening, I'm, being, I'm like, oh, we love that. And then something else can be happening, and I'm like, we hate that. <laughs> <laughs> we have disdain for that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, I'm de- I definitely switch out the that. That's because so people funny. will say something like we love this, we love her, we love Ab- absolutely those. we love her. But also when I want to be actually saying like we hate that, sometimes I'll also say, yeah, we love whatever you just said. You know, insert. But like <laughs> the the translation of it, you know. So like like I see if I'm responding to <clears throat> oh goodness if I, if I were responding to Ann Coulter's tweet. I'd be like, mm, <laughs> oh my! We love the normalization of violence, you know. And it's like, I see, <laughs> I see. And so you're like calling out in a sarcastic, right. like, look at what you actually just did, right? Work, work. I love this no, disambiguation. <laughs> if I were responding to Ann Coulter, I would say we hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I would say we actually we hate that, and we hate you. <laughs> And guess what? Both are the, are the right answer. So <laughs> <laughs> This is part of a, a larger theme, which is me trying to tell Kenyon that we should do uh, podcast episodes about stuff we don't like. <laughs> and Kenyon being like, well, that's not really the point of... Kate literally tweeted me the other day our friend Kate, Kenyon's friend Kate who is now our friend Kate tweeted me the other day and was like oh like someone had tweeted something about how much they don't like Hotel California that they think Hotel California is the worst song of all time which this podcast has already made it clear we are anti the Eagles so I would have to agree but Kate was like this would be a great episode of the podcast where you talk about like the songs that you don't like and i had to say that i have already suggested (laughs) this to you and you were like that's not what it's for (laughs) which i find hilarious well look if the people want to hear us go off on things that we hate (laughs) i guess (laughs) i guess so (laughs) anywho um kenyan I have one last quick little respect the binary for you. Ooh. It is, it's a classic recall, um, something you and I have discussed extensively. It's bois versus gua. Oh my gosh. Okay, for people who just might not understand the kind of the importance of this, um, <laughs> who might not be hip to syllable culture. Um <laughs> <laughs> Syllables are... We are syllable queens. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Syllables are everything. And if you're not using them like they're (laughs) packed, chalked, full of meaning, then you're missing out, okay? Um, Correct. And, you know, syllables are are great to to just evoke evoke a mood, evoke a time. (laughs) Evoke a time. My drag name is Evoke a Time. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Um, two such famous syllables, um, are bois and gua. Um, can you give yeah. us the, like, what are their, for the people at home, what are their uses, the primary uses? <laughs> well, I think that bois, bois is kind of your general, like, bois. <laughs> like, Walking down the just street. Need, it's like, bois. yeah, it's multi-purpose. Whereas gua is sexy. Like, gua is like, gua. <laughs> I can't believe you're that doing this right now. is how they make sense in my mind. And I mean, um, that's how they so also I'm make sense in to, my mind. Uh-huh. So I'm asking you to pick between bois and gua. I am, you know, I stand with the people. I, <laughs> um, my place is, you know, with the common man. 
Um, and so I I must go with Bois. <laughs> Populist Kenyan. <laughs> um, you're going with Bois. Yes. Um, here's the thing. I think the last time we talked about this, we didn't agree. And I don't know which of us has changed our minds, but I also am going to go with Bois. Because Gua is good for, like, when you need it. But, like, you know, you got to go with the, the multi-purpose. Bois. It's, you know, it's just like Bois. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving versatility and also incoherence. <laughs> Thank you. And with that, I think we've just about had enough. <laughs> wow. Well, it's great to be back. Good to be seeing <laughs> you. I love that we're like, it's so good to be back after our long hiatus. <laughs> we have not taken a week off. <laughs> and even more than that, I mean, we do talk every other day, so. Work. That's true. All well, right. Then I guess I'll be talking to you two days from now. <laughs> <laughs> See you then. <laughs> we love that you love, we love that. This podcast is brought to you by Jerome, that's me, and Kenyon, that's him with music by Sophia Campomore and art by Griffin Keller. Drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. Bye! Work. Hot. Um, gua, some might say. I mean, blah, 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 blah. That's, I mean, you've got to really use them. Because they're you gotta yeah. like put them in the musical context. Versus like gua 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 Surfing tone. Okay. Anybody? Thank you. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's the difference between bois and gua.